This is Pop and Crap, episode 98. And welcome to episode 98 of Pop and Crap. I'm Paul French, and while I was walking tonight, it was a little bit chillier, but I'm still going to take it. I'm still, I'm still, you know, the, the, lots of snow is going to have to fall before it uh, throws me off my nightly rounds of the neighborhood. Absolutely. My name is Scott, and uh, we are at the 90% completion point of a backyard reno uh, that now involves mm-hmm. a lovely patio, and I am in full denial of the changing seasons and yes. the fact that the sun sets before my workday ends now. Because I'm out there every night. stunning. <laughs> I'm out there every night trying to get my money's worth out of it before we lock it all up for winter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. Ah. Beats the hell out of today, though. I was talking to my brother in BC. Yeah. And uh, we had 16 degrees here, and they had one degree out there. So I will take that. But it probably means that's coming our way. And I was going to say, and they they tend to, uh, well, I don't know which part he lives in, but uh, um, there are many parts that tend to be somewhat more moderate through the air. Oh, he'll be laughing at me the rest of the time, but yeah, today yeah, was our but, window to make fun of him. Well, you got to get it while you can. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally understand. Rule number one of family life, take your cheap shots when you can. 100%. Absolutely. So How normally, have you been, sir? Normally, this is where I would ask you what you're watching, but I'm going to give you a moment to, uh, to muse upon that. Um, because I kept you talking before the show, and we, we did like a whole show before we did the show. And yeah, we should have recorded that. We really should have, yeah. We could and... have had two episodes in the bag tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to start with, with, with what uh, we've been watching over here. And we just tonight, um, quite to our chagrin, finished season two of Jan. Um, that is Jan Arden's show. I add the extra N sound because, you know, my wife being Jan, um, it, it helps to make it less confusing. There's Jan <laughs> and there is Jan. Um, it's a fine distinction, but a distinction nonetheless. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so we finished this new season and we were like, oh no, we finished this season. It's probably going to be a while before there's another one. And so we, we, we looked and it's like, look, they've got gag reels for each episode. <laughs> So online or where uh yeah on the ctv app and um because we pretty much watch everything we we search for it on the apple tv app and it tells us where where it is whether it's on crave or amazon or whatever it's just so much easier than like i wonder if it's on here nope wonder if it's on here nope absolutely and uh so I we play just that same game yeah so we just search through it all there and with many of them what it does is it kind of adds it to our up next list so today it was like hey look there's a new episode of jan and uh so uh <laughs> so we watched that and it was awesome this second season uh I, we quite enjoyed the first season i thought this second season was was, was even better and uh so i hope they do more i learned that just last month um hulu uh purchased the series uh for the or the american distribution rights to the series so hopefully that means they'll be like that's great that we have 14 episodes can we have more please 
That would be fantastic. Yeah, because that we should would like lend someone. itself to uh, a spike in production. Exactly. So I, w- I wonder if that, that's the heels of the Schitt's Creek factor, where everybody's like, you know what? You know, I, Canada's I think good it... for more than just high school. Uh, so popular high, high school we need to expand our degrassi beliefs <laughs> exactly and i and i think I, you know that's a really good point i hadn't thought of it that way but uh um it does come kind of on the heels of uh of that series coming yeah, to I an mean, end and it's incredible yeah, Shit's success. Creek ends it sweeps the emmys yeah they go into lockdown they start uh snatching up canadian series and throwing them into their fall lineup already to make them look like their their new shows down there yeah. Uh, that's that's gotta all combined in a way that's gotta make a lot of Canadian series very excited about their possibility to get picked up at the moment. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. it is. Somebody should introduce them to Corner Gas. <laughs> right. Here, air this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you've got people who live in Podunk towns. Who's <laughs> gotta feel familiar to half the country? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other half will find it quaint and charming in a. And an NPR kind of way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, Ooh. yeah. So, nice. uh, so that's uh, that's where we're at with watching stuff. How about you, sir? Uh, we are uh, continuing to chip away at our, our big pile of reruns. Nice. Um, we uh, we did another couple of Golden Girls uh, today. Uh, we're still working our way through House. We're in the middle of season four. Mm-hmm. Um, we've. Uh, we did another Ted Lasso the other day. Nice. Uh, we finally started season two of The Mandalorian. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, new. Yeah, we did as well. Yeah. And uh, my Murder, She Wrote battle continues. I believe it's currently 38 to 36. But nice. I'd have to consult my giant spreadsheet. But I am, I am doing my best. And there was an epic episode the other day. It was... Uh, uh, LeVar Burton, Ernest Borgnine, Jerry Orbach, and Adam West. Wow. Yeah, right? It's like a nerd <laughs> like, paradise. It was just, the, the opening credits are going by, and I'm like, ooh, oh, hey, what? Come on now. What? <laughs> I've seen award shows with less names in the credits. <laughs> so it was, uh, <laughs> it was really funny. It was, it was a boxing thing. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, it was really funny. I took a screenshot where uh, Ernest Borgnine pushes Adam West out of the way so we can punch Jerry Orbach. <laughs> I was like, nice. "This is why I'm watching this show. This is why I'm uh-huh. I'm I'm really uh, enjoying my time in uh, Cabot Cove." So it's uh, very nice. It's been fun, and you know, as we keep saying, if it's if it's new to me, it's new. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we're starting yeah. to. Uh, um, dig into a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, and I mean the the Golden Girls stuff. I it's old enough that I know it, but I've seen at this point in the early season runs, I've seen you know two out of every three episodes we're watching before. But I saw them twenty plus years ago when I was babysitting. So it's been a minute. Yeah, <laughs> and I can rewatch them with some value. House keeps having episodes come up where I'm like, ooh. They had, uh, oh, it must be in season five, because we got to the end of season four with one of the episodes that I picked in one of our drafts a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was able to sit down with Sarah and go, oh, is it, what's this episode? Ooh. 
I said, what, do you, what, what episode is this? He said, well, he was on a bus. And I said, no, stop. You have my attention. Let's go. <laughs> Sat down. Let's watch. <laughs> it was uh, it was great. Nice. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that. These are good things. These are good things, mm-hmm. you know. And there's and and there are many options. And like I say, I've been, uh, you know, digging through the vaults at uh, at the CTV throwback. Um, I site. would like to give that more attention than I have. You you would you would love it. There is a lot there of there is a, a lot, lot of stuff that screams Scott. Uh, much like uh much like uh uh frau what's her name in uh in um in austin powers uh, at one point i was gonna set that as my ringtone (laughs) so i knew when my phone was ringing it's funny because you have these things and you think this would be an awesome uh ringtone and then you do Mm -hmm. it and it's like oh my god that is so annoying yes yeah it seems like a good idea at the time and then nope and, of course, we've also been watching way too much CNN, so we're uh, glad that we can finally stop doing that. But uh, that election week was something admit, else. I, I stopped it early on. I, I, I just was like, let's find a good electoral map online, and I'll just hit refresh endlessly. <laughs> we had the – there's every morning where I'd wake up, and just before I – while I was laying in bed, I had that Schrodinger's election moment where it was – Anything could have happened right now, and until I turn the TV on, I don't know. This is a lovely time to live in. All right, let's go see if it's good news or bad news. And that continued for many mornings. But it's nice to be able to put that uh, in the review. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well-ish. Hopefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> if we can get to January, we'll be Fingers fine. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so yeah, let's let's do a thing. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna do our our rundown. So I've got my timer at the ready. Oh, there's a timer attached to this. Ooh, what? I didn't realize it was this was a speed event. Like we did last time. It's just it real. It's you know the timer is really more just to. Uh, oh, what's the word? Um, I'm sorry. So when you say like we did last time, we've done this before. Yeah. Was I funny? <laughs> Was the segment good? <laughs> 100%. We said we should Excellent. do this we should do this again sometime and here we are. Oh, well that's fantastic. I'm I'm very excited by this plan and I'm thrilled to be part of it. It is much like you it is much <laughs> like you said, Scott. It, it, it if um if it is new to you, it's new to you. <laughs> But we, I clearly need to start listening to this show. No, I no, learn you don't a need lot. to listen. Just, just read the episode titles. <laughs> it was three episodes ago. Don't listen to it. You've already listened to it. Uh, I've been telling myself all along. I'm like, ooh, we're doing a Hot Topics episode. This is very the view of us. I'm very excited. I'm going <laughs> to go full Whoopi Goldberg on this segment. Yeah. So, Welcome uh, to Hot so Topics. As we did uh, a few weeks ago, this is the, uh, the roundup where basically we, uh, or the rundown rather, uh, where we deal with a, a few sort of current, uh, while they are current events, they're often things that, you know, there are sort of uh, bigger, longer term things um, that these lead to. You know, last time we talked about, for example, Quibi going away. And, um, or actually, we predicted Quibi going away. <laughs> And um, and then we're proven right, and uh, so we we or no, I think maybe it had just 
the news had just come out. So we talked a little bit about that, and we, you know, we talked about uh, movies, um, you know, whether they were, you know, still going to be in theaters or or uh, how many of them were moving to streaming uh, servers, that kind of thing. So things that that while it's one headline. There's kind of a, a larger overarching thing that's going on in pop culture, and so we're we're going to talk about some of that stuff, and um, and just to keep us on track, because as you know, we can go on forever. No, we'll uh, we'll give ourselves uh, you know 15 minutes on the clock, and uh, and um, and see if that makes us any more succinct. That's why Murray keeps changing to schools that are further and further away from his home, just so we can enjoy <laughs> the right. whole episode. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly how we did, how we made that call. And and then and for the first little while, we kind of screwed him because we hadn't done a show in a while. And well, we're we're assholes that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, you just moved. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I mean, in all fairness, we went into lockdown. We were locked in our homes with just our computers and nothing else to fill the time. How were we supposed to think that that was a good moment oh. to start recording episodes for our podcast? Indeed, indeed. I mean, you know, we had so much else to do. Um, I was too busy uh, wiping down the toilet paper before we used it. Yes. It was a, this big pyramid in the basement and just me and my Lysol wipes, keeping it clean every day. <laughs> anyway... Uh, this is, I feel like Seth Meyers. There's no audience, so it doesn't work when these jokes don't land. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Thank you, Shoemaker. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that one was just for you, buddy. <laughs> that one, nobody else is going to like that. It was a deep cut. But uh, somewhere right now, Andy Samberg is laughing, and that's the important part. Exactly. Um, yeah, so... Uh, um, different weird tidbits and oddities and things that I tripped across over over the last little while. Um, did you want to go first? Do you want me to? No, no, I, 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 I don't want to go first at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a weird one that I found the other day as part of, it was one of those crack.com lists. And apparently um, there was talk of a sequel to Breakfast Club. Really? And John Hughes had a plan where he wanted to reunite the cast years later. Now they're in college, and everybody since that original movie has developed into a different personality type. Wow. Like they're, they're, they're not the same, you know, clique they were in high school. And it's the weirdest thing where, like, you know, you can read something and be like, oh, well, that's weird. And then, like, a month later, still have it like a pebble in your shoe. And this is the one that, you know, I've, I've gone through all the different stages of, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, too. Well, what would that look like? Well, what would their different person? Well, who would they become on the heels of an event like that? And I'm, I'm, I'm still, this is still something that's just swirling around in the back of my brain. And I'm, I'd be very curious to know what that would have looked like. Okay, and so... So do, do, do we go with the everybody changes to a different of the five personalities just becomes not five personalities, but five group types becomes a different group type or is there a development of a new group type or. Well, that's and, and I'm starting the timer, um, <clears throat> you know, that but that is a thing, right? Like, like, you know, as as people change, they might shift into uh, into one of the other types. Um, sure. I mean, <clears throat> as soon as I read it, I was like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. But then thought, well, what does that look like? And so, you know, as 
the Ali Sheedy character comes out of that one. Does she eventually become the Claire character type on the? That's interesting. Like, like, like where where she's kind of hey, you know, you know, and and, and when you think about it, so so, so think of her character in uh, Saint Elmo's Fire. Um, right. Right. Closer closer to that. Right. Yeah. And. Um, so okay, so 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 we see that change, um, and and you get you get Brian who uh, um, goes out and shoots Johnny B. Good, where he's the quarterback after that. That's <laughs> oh my god, he turned into you know Emilio. like did, did we did we did we get this through different movie roles and not realize it? Could we go out and make the trailer for Breakfast Club two with everybody's later Based film on, roles on the stuff that they have in in other films? Claire gets pregnant in uh, She's Having My Baby or whatever the hell oh it's called. Oh, my God. I'd forgotten about that. Yes. Uh, what does that leave us with? Uh, we need ben, Emilio Bender, Estevez. Um, so Emilio Estevez becomes yeah. a deputized sheriff in a small town who's trying to kill the guy who killed his mentor. No, wait. That Young Guns isn't going to work for this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I'm I, like, uh, all right, Judd Nelson. God damn it. <laughs> he um, becomes a magazine editor. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you for the uh, there we go. Land, landing on the exact um, suddenly Susan uh, reference I was gonna hit up. Um, okay, so one, uh, so think of another movie from that era, and what would the sequel be? Oh God, well, Weird Science doesn't bode well. <laughs> we should probably back away from that one slowly. Uh, <laughs> gee, if only they did any follow up to the Karate Kid. Aren't you? Uh, the, uh, you know, I mean, you could, if you just wanted to keep it John Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Definitely. 16 Candles becomes like, I don't know, Dirty 30. Oh, my. <laughs> by Judd Apatow. <laughs> <laughs> That that gets interesting, or well, funny, I, or I, gross. Well, you know, even if you even if you do like five years later, you get um, um, uh, twenty one candles, right? Yeah. And and again, her fucking family forgets. Um, um, oh, we're going with the full Home Alone, where they lose Kevin twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, come on. Um, God, it's been you know that one. It's been so long since I've seen it. Um, you know, I, for a moment I had it mixed up with um, with Pretty in Pink. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, Pretty in Pink would be the one that people would want to see because there is a lot left over with interest in Ducky. Yes, hundred percent. You know, like that's the one that that's the one you could do. You know, it's funny because you're right. Like that's the character that really lingered with people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and I mean, you get the follow up interviews and John Cryer saying that yeah, he thinks that you know. So if you do a sequel to that, you know, Ducky is now out. Yeah. And you know, so you could do you could do uh, Pretty in Pink as a college experience. Yeah, totally. That, that would have totally. worked. Uh, absolutely. And, and you know, it's um, like, like, and when you think of, of, of a character like Ducky, like to me, you don't get Ricky from uh, my so called life without yep. Ducky, right? Um, yeah. Uh, totally. Um, so I'm sure that uh, in, in every way that, uh, that uh, John Cryer is grateful for that role, um, I think that. Um, 
Wilson Cruz is also very, very grateful for that. Um, yeah, yeah. See, that's such a, that's such a great one because there was so much left unresolved there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in that, 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 I mean, yes, the basic things they, they, they did resolve, but man, so much going on there. And, um, well, and what is, what does that relationship become? Does it actually work when it's, you know, two different worlds and all that jazz and, um, you know, Annie Potts's character, what is, what does she become as the, the hipster ages? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the, and and Annie Potts was the part was the was the main part I was thinking of when when we when, as we started on this because you know that that was such an uh, you know and and that's is that pre designing women maybe no I want to say pre didn't I'd love to say pre but I think it was eighty seven. Um, if only there were uh, some sort of device. I have no idea. They should put some of this on some kind of like network that you could connect to, yeah, and it would yeah. tell you and, the answers maybe, to these you know, things. Have like uh, that network could have its own database of movies. And, sure. And and whatnot. like dedicated specifically to this sort of thing. That'd be it great. Just does that. Oh well. And uh, and maybe some large uh, um, online retailer could purchase it. Uh, <laughs> Well, I guess we'll never know now, will we? I guess we won't. But um, which one am I supposed to be looking up? Well, you're stalling. You're looking up the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking up Pretty in Pink. All right, then I'll look up Designing Women. Yeah. And we'll use this time to talk about our sponsor, Red Wigglers, the Cadillac of Worms. <laughs> uh, Designing worms. Women, 1986 to 93, 163 episodes. Okay, and um, Pretty in Pink, 1986. So we're similar. Hmm. Time at the same time. Yeah. It's a post-Ghostbusters Annie Potts. That's the thing that we focus on, apparently. Oh, yeah, right? Of course, yes. But, mm-hmm. um... You gotta love Annie Potts. I mean, that's that's the bottom line here. Um, oh, yeah. But, but yeah, you know... Um, so, what if they did um, a... What if they did a, um, a sequel to that, to Pretty in Pink, now? Oh, um, like we're going to jump oh, that yes. much time? Oh, yes. You know, um, uh, so we're adding 25 years. Yeah. So Molly Ringwald goes back to, uh, goes back to, uh, I'm assuming it was Shermer, Illinois. Um, <laughs> it's always Shermer, it's Illinois. It's always Shermer, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, because, uh, because her dad has died and mm-hmm. uh, she needs to, to kind of close things up. Uh, so she finds herself back there. And, um, hmm, and Ducky and Annie Potts are running a retro used CD shop. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> with and a, are, with are, an LP section on the side say, that nobody and, pays and attention the, to. The vinyl section is booming. Um, and with the hipster. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, um, and, and Steph, let's see where, where's Steph at? Um, uh, Steph and Blaine. Oh God. Just odious. Both of them really. Um, <laughs> They they had a dot com company that folded a few years back and and now they're they're, they're running a uh, they're trying a, to write an app. Yeah, oh God! <laughs> See, I I don't think they're smart enough for that. I think no 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 they're they're trying to sell an app. That yeah maybe yeah. Someone else I, I, th- I think I think uh, um, uh, Steph is the uh, he's the local banker and 
and um, yeah, yeah, he's a uh, he's a day trader for sure. Or um, up on charges at this point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and well, um, and the rest writes itself. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness, because we can't. Um, no, no, that's that's the important part. We just sit back and wait. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and she goes in. She goes to buy a, a coffee once, and Dweezil Zap is sitting there, uh, completely oblivious to everything she says, just like he was in Pretty in Pink. Um, all right, so there we go. We've we've uh, I think we've uh, we've we exhaust that one. We I think I think we're there. I think we're there. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, what is next? Um. Well, I'm hesitant to put two back-to-back like this. I'm going to move to a different one. Um, uh, with the passing of, uh, of Mr. Alex Trebek, yes. uh, there are new episodes through the end of the year, and the topic of conversation has come up as to what happens next. And um, do you find a new host and continue the show? And if so, who do you get? Um, there was talk of Ken Jennings. Yeah. And as he's become a bit of a producer and he's the retired, you know, greatest winner of all time, um, status, it puts him in a position to do it. He's said that he doesn't think that he'd ever want to play again without Alex there. Um, So he doesn't have to play. He can be the, he can be the guy. That's it is the question of, do you get him to be the host? And I... Is he nice enough? Is he too smug to do it? That's oh. the part I worry about is does he have the warmth for the role? Not that Trebek was super warm, but he was genuinely good people. And you felt that way about him, I think. Yes. And inst- incidentally, as, as um, um, you know, things unfolded, of course, he was greeted at the pearly gates by Sean Connery, who said, we meet again, Trebek. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I, I mean, there is no question. Um, he is a hard act to follow. The man, yeah. the man did the show for thirty six <clears throat> years. Right. Like, you know, I mean, so we're we're talking like four decades on that yeah. show. I mean, we grew up watching him on on that show. Yeah. And we old. Yes. Uh, yeah. Old <laughs> AF. I mean, there, there was like an, the another said. comment about the, the, the three guys that were in that uh, greatest of all time championships that they did, but all three of them are committed to uh, a new show coming up called Chase. Okay. Um, there's a, um, it was an English show. Uh, it's a game show, and they had a really smug, smart guy who sat at the, the head of a thing, and the, the idea was that as you you had to chase your way towards the money and he started a certain number of answers behind you, but he was always gaining on you. And there was a bargaining aspect to it. Like, uh, um, like the voice on the guy that would, uh, come in on, uh, uh, what was that show with the briefcases with, uh, Harry Mandel? Um, uh, deal or no deal. That's the one. So they're all committed to that anyway. So that potentially takes them out of the running. Um, Anderson so, Cooper has been floated around as a name. Uh, he was on the mole hosting that for a couple of seasons. He's a trusted name and general smart guyness. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
George Stromanopoulos is, or not Stromanopoulos, Stephanopoulos. It's <laughs> another one that's been uh, thrown around. See, I don't see um, it. I don't see putting a news guy in that position. Well, that's it, right? So you need yeah. to go news guy. The suggestion that I've heard that this is the internet rising up to start their petitions about who it should be Ugh. is LeVar Burton. Oh, that's I can fascinating. See that. Yeah, I, Isn't yeah, that I can too. Yeah, it is. And because... I think that the hook and the tie-in for everybody who you know grew up learning to read because of LeVar Burton, and now you're doing a trivia. Oh my God, show. it's kind of, it's kind of perfect. In, in Isn't fact, it? Any, anything I could float it pales to that because where, where I was gonna, like I was going to say like what they seem to be doing is taking um, popular TV comedians, right? So you got uh, Jane Lynch doing um, the, right. the Weakest Link. You've got Anthony Anderson doing one of them. I can't remember which one. Uh, yeah, he did. Was it a Tell the Truth or something? Yes, yes, totally. Yeah, and and um, and you've got um, um, Family Feud is. Uh, Steve Harvey. Yeah. And um, let's make a deal. Uh, is Drew Carey. Drew Carey. Um, yep. And uh, and you've got Kimmel doing Millionaire. Um, yeah. Like and these I think it's really the... about putting quick-witted people in the seat so that when yes. you have that moment, they've got the ability to throw something out there and keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like Joel McHale doing Card Sharks. And, yeah. Uh, like you don't have to fill the dead air with scripted bits because you've got somebody it. who can think on their feet well enough to make you know a couple of quick jokes when there's a moment of silence and then yeah. move on. And I, and I think like like that's that's a thing where where someone who has a stand-up background. Now, um, the thing is, like, Jeopardy's a fairly dense game. You get through a, you got to get through a lot of questions, um, uh -huh. and for the most part, it was kind of a, uh, hey, let's uh, talk a little bit about your background. Uh, you know, humanize the contestant, and yep. um, and and you know, like, like that's that's the thing. I mean, what it was with Alex Trebek, it cannot be again because he can't do it anymore. And, um, and, and, you know, it, it is, it was very much him, you know, it was his personality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, so like, and like, I think, I think LeVar Burton ends up being a, a perfect pick because he, he is a guy that has typified, um, intellectualism in, mm -hmm. in his entire career. Right. Like you look at that with, uh, you, you know, like, like with the pursuit of knowledge, even Jordy LaForge, you know? Yes. <laughs> right? Like, yep. like it, it ends up kind of perfect that, that, you know, LeVar Burton is a guy who has always been about the pursuit of knowledge. And, uh, and God, you, like, you, you see, this, this is the thing, is that, that you're coming in with these things and you're nailing them right out of the gate. Um, and, uh, this isn't me. This is the Internet. Sarah, Sarah read that one off to me, and I it's, said, it's I, smart. that's genius. It's, I can't, I can't smart, think of yeah. someone to beat that. It's, yeah. it's, you know, you, you've got the I, – I now put that on the list as I'm penciling that in, and I don't know who can make me erase that and write another name at this point. I'm still – I'm blanking. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. It's hard to think of um... – I, I like that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I really do, and I hope that they're seriously considering it. I don't know where he stands right now. I don't know um, what other projects he has. I, I know that for some people, yeah, no, taking a hosting, hosting gig with an indefinite timeline of a game show isn't appealing to everybody in their careers. I know for other people, uh, a regular gig 
that you can do during the week and then be home in time for dinner is really sweet. <laughs> right? Like, like, yeah, you're right. It is, it, that is the dichotomy, right? Is, is this idea of, um, you know, and the, you got this a lot with like, and I, I often think of this, this thing with like Anton Fig, uh, who he used to be the drummer with Letterman's band and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, was, you know, started with that band in the early eighties and uh and wrote it out right to the end and uh you know ha like what a sweet gig so he's yep. st he still got to do all kinds of session work in between and mm -hmm. um and and so you know and and i always remember this because he he uh um he played on on um on, on both of ace freely or ace freely's first couple of uh, solo albums but he could never tour with him because he had a day job and that day yeah. job was was uh was was playing on a late night show and uh and so i often think about it you know and and i mean as a musician i, I guess i i do tend to when i see uh, a late night show i focus very much on the band and uh, I am all about that band and uh, and and who's in it. And I've noticed that Maddie Rice left um, uh, the Colbert uh, left Colbert, and now she's the uh, the guitar player in um, in the SNL band. And hmm. I literally noticed that because that that first week uh, they they brought her up for the guitar solo spotlight uh, before one of the commercial breaks, and I'm like. Holy shit! That looks just like Maddie Rice, <laughs> and, and so I am a nerd about this shit. And uh, yeah. and and but you know these guys love that because it is a regular gig. She left. She and it turns out she left Colbert for a while because she was going on tour for a bit. And then uh, when she got back, it's like, well, obviously they filled that position, so she had to look for another gig. And you know has experience playing in uh, in a late night show, um, mm -hmm. and. And so, so I think you know the, the, that idea of having a regular gig. It's like, man, you know, there there is that idea that I can't just take great opportunities that come along because I have to think about how that affects this job. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you know, we saw that with um, with John Stewart, right? When he left to direct his first movie, um, um, Rosewater. Yeah, that sounds right. John sounds, Oliver. Sounds close. And so John Oliver took over. It it worked out well for everyone. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, but, you know, there's always got to be that thought of how do I backfill, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if I want to pursue my, uh, you know, these other artistic uh, uh, and creative inclinations, um, can I do that and still have the regular gig coming in? Um, yeah, you know, rather well, than well, I look at the the roots on Fallon. Yeah, I another mean, great example. You know, Again, and yeah. on the times of year when they're not going, you know that the roots just pick up and go play somewhere. <laughs> well, and, and totally, and I mean, Questlove's very busy anyway. Um, yeah. Hey, speaking <laughs> well, of which, but... people, Questlove Supreme, his podcast, you got to check it out. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I mean, the, the, you know, but but that's the thing is that the, the having a regular gig um, is is a is a big deal in, in in that thing, and and so I think that that a lot of people, especially you know actors and and that sort of thing, it is always that fear of the, you know, and hey, he was on Star Trek, he knows about being uh, being typecast, right? Mm -hmm. 
and but he's got he's got a variety of previous yeah. roles under his belt. Um, yeah. He's got a history of being part of a, a literacy show uh, that's steeped in education and yeah. knowledge, and um, he, as a result of that one, I think speaks very clearly, which is one of the key pieces to to being the host of Jeopardy is you got to be able to read two boards worth of answers yeah for uh every episode oh my god he would just be amazing there's there's no doubt about it yeah i think that's fantastic i really hope they go with it Um, it is the first time the internet has ever been right (laughs) well remember that time they thought betty white should host saturday night live okay come on then too yeah you know like there's some things that are just meant to happen twice yeah victory well it's on the internet so it must be true it must be i mean there is there is absolutely no doubt about this um (laughs) it just is what it is yeah so i'm i'm hopeful i'm optimistic i don't know if it's true or not i don't know if lavar would even consider it i don't know he doesn't return my calls so i'd be very (laughs) curious to find out how this plays out but when I now think of, okay, so Jeopardy was forward, who's the host? I can't get past picturing LeVar Burton at the podium. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's, and, it, and, and that's the thing is that, that you kind of try to move to something that seems perfect because you can't imagine it without Trebek. Yeah. But you know what? Here's the thing, and he would be the first to say it, is the legacy of Jeopardy is bigger than just one man. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, it, he's not the first host. It's true. He's just the only one we ever we all remember. Absolutely. I, uh, could you name the first, the original? Uh, I I looked it up earlier. It's art something, wasn't it? I have no idea. I I I. Yeah, I mean, because th- it was thirty six years ago, which is. Um, <laughs> carry the one um yeah i mean it, it that's like in the that that's in the early 80s right yeah art yeah. fleming i have no idea who that is art fleming hosted and were it not uh, for uh, for jeopardy i wouldn't know who alex trebek was either um like that's just the reality oh totally yeah yeah uh you know art hosted from 64 to 75 he hosted the show for nine years before alex took over I'm so, sorry, 64 to 75? Yep. So who He's did... most notable for, for being the original host of the television game show Jeopardy, which yeah. aired on NBC from 64 to 75. Oh, so did the show go off the air for a while and then they started it up with Trebek? Or... That's a good question. Because he didn't Let's start check. until 86. He didn't? Well, 30, uh, or 84, because that's 36 years ago. There we go. Ago. Uh, ran 64 to 79 and then 84 to present. So there was a gap. Right. It was so, in syndication so, from 74 to 75. Oh, no, but 84 to present. Yeah, Wait, yeah. So, so the, and that was all with Trebek. Yeah. So they brought the show, uh, but they brought the show back, which they do. I mean, you know, like we, we just ran off a whole bunch of shows, uh, game oh, yeah. shows that they brought back. And we know that the game show is the format that they can do easily yep. right and it's less you know i mean there's yes there's the expensive prizes and all that kind of stuff but um you know a lot of corporate sponsorship ties into that and that's it's it's a kind of thing that, that works well under the current circumstances mm-hmm. 
You know, uh, hey, I, hey, you even had that one. What was the one in Quiz Show where they actually had people in a sealed, uh, <laughs> in a right, yeah, in a sealed chamber. So totally, yeah. Um, and then I mean, Elizabeth Banks is hosting uh, um, Press Your Luck. I mean, there's a game that's come back from yeah obscurity. No whammies. Yeah, and you know, Card Sharks you mentioned with Joel McHale. Yeah. Was, it's it's one thing to pass the baton on a show that's ongoing. It's another yeah. thing to you know pick something out of the the syndication pile, blow the dust off this, grab a new host, and pick up where you left off. Absolutely, and yeah. you know, not for nothing, but um, I, um, I I where I learned um, that Joel McHale was doing Card Sharks was when he was on Millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, and and Ella was watching it with yeah. me, and she's like, "Why aren't they asking him when new Stargirl episodes start?" Uh, because he's in that. So. I still haven't seen that yet. That's uh, a show I gotta get my hands do on. You need to get your hands on it. It's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> um, all right, what do you got next? Um. Uh, the other thing that I found out about that I didn't know was happening was yeah. there is a Ready Player Two coming sequel to ready player one uh the novel drops uh at the end of this month interesting um, it's, it's ernest klein back again writing a sequel yeah as he'd intended um i was reading about it today he is very clear that he is writing a sequel to the book not a sequel to the movie right but yeah. did, did you read the book or see the uh i read the book first then yeah, i saw same, the movie same and yeah. and I don't know that I finished the movie uh, yet because Ella and I started watching it a little while back and then and and didn't get to finish that night and so um, it's something we need to pick up again. It's hard because you know the third yeah. act of that book doesn't lend itself well to a movie, and they go a different way with it. Um, yeah, that's that's where I fell off. You too. know, yeah, it that was it's a real struggle comparing the two. It's neat to see some of the things that they created and some of the movies they borrowed from. But, sure. it, you know, I think in a book, you're free to write whatever you want. And in a movie, you know, as soon as you try to build some of those scenes, you're knee deep in lawsuits for the next 20 years. Well, and it, yeah, because the, I mean, that's the thing with that movie is that it was so, um, um, you know, it was so reference dependent. Right. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it needs to be based on the, the book, but you know you can't steep something that heavily in 80s culture and then be surprised that you can't get everything. But the thing is, in a book, a movie. You, uh, in a book, you don't need to clear it. Exactly, and, that, and, that's, and why that's the big difference, right? Is it is, was great in the book? How do you do this as a movie? Oh my God, they're actually doing it. Spielberg's doing it. Well, that makes sense. And holy shit, there's the DeLorean, and oh my God, okay, well maybe this will work. Yeah. And then you get into it, and you don't even hear a rush tune. Thank <laughs> like, you. That's, okay. <laughs> I, w I was I was holding off because that's my first problem with it is, yeah. you know, lots of rush in the book, much less in the and, – and it's funny because my, my friend Bill, who is the biggest Rush fan ever, um, um, I, I recommended it, it to him. He had seen the movie, and I recommended that he go back the other way. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was like, just based on the rush references alone, it's like, there's going to be like, you know, just a lot of things that are just going to give him the smile. But he started out and he's like, wow, it's, 
darker than the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it, it is. But there's lots of rush stuff, so you'll like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this summer when we were at the cottage, I got Sarah to read the book yeah. finally. And then we watched the movie afterwards. And we, I think we watched it in two chunks to get yeah. through it all. But she had the same frustration of like, this is not what I just read. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, I've. I, the thing I, for me all along is that when it opens with that, that race, like you see it in the trailers yeah. and stuff, and then you read the book, you're like, there is no race anywhere in this book. Yeah. How did. What? All right. Well, that's just it, right? And and I yeah. um and this is this is my thing, you know. And I've I've gone on about this about my feelings on uh, on adaptations. Is it's like just look at it as a different thing. Um, I I, yeah. I I don't need to see them do the exact same thing because if I if I want that, I can just read it. It's right here, and um, and I tend to prefer that. Uh, you know, this idea of um, just, you know, eat, let each thing exist on its own. And uh, and some people are going to gravitate more to the one version and some people to the other. But the idea of expecting literal um, uh, literal adaptations, that died a long time ago. And and maybe yeah. maybe, no, I, and maybe that's not a bad thing, because you know it gives you know because the reason you tend to do an adaptation is because you've got a built-in fan base. Um, yes, but they already know what happens. But I don't need to see the same thing. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we've talked about that before, and I've, I've got a buddy who um, he you know, anytime a superhero movie ended, he could give you the list of everything that was wrong because it wasn't the same as the book. And it's like, I know I've read the book. Yeah. I didn't need to see a shot for shot remake of a comic I've already read. No. And I, 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 the, one of the things that I look at that has helped me kind of make peace with that model is, uh, the walking dead. And that the pilot episode of the walking dead is pretty much shot for shot. The first book yeah. of the series. Yeah. And after that, it hits a point where it goes two different paths. Absolutely. And Good you get them. characters who survive, uh, who survive longer in the show than they did in the book and vice versa. Yep. You get characters who don't exist in the book, who exist in the thing. And they can, it was interesting to have the two running parallel. And it wasn't where the book existed. And that then years later, they made a movie and the movie didn't look like the book. This was happening at the same time. They went, there's a fork in the road and one went one way and one went the other and just let them both evolve, but let them both exist at the same time. And that I found was a, a way that helped me uh, learn to appreciate and value the difference between the book and the movie Yeah, when they didn't occur at the same time. The, you know, it, it is evoking the spirit of it as opposed to the... Yeah. Um what is it they talk about things where it's like the, oh, the, you know, the spirit of the law as opposed to the letter of the law. And yes. kind of the same thing. It doesn't need to be word perfect. It needs to, to be um, at least thematically consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, this is where I look at like the, you know, when, and, and yes, when in looking at these things, let the word shot for shot be your watchword. Um, because yeah. like, you know, when you think of the, well, cause then you get the watchman. That's exactly where I was going. Um, yeah. you know, where the point of, of watchman is that it is, it is a look at, um, the, you know, about, about 
digging into the conventions of the comic book while subverting the conventions of the comic book. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of that stuff worked on paper because of the way pages lay things out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so there were there were scenes with like you know where the uh, and the big one that, that landed it for me you know because in the first little while of that movie I thought oh great so where where um, where Watchmen the book was was subverting the conventions of the comic book by by you know and like or honoring the conventions of the comic book by subverting them this is doing the same with the superhero movie and that's the way it appears in the first twenty minutes. And then yeah. it goes into this slavish, got to do everything uh, panel for panel, and yeah. you end up with things that work great on paper because there it's there's something about the about it being drawn on a book that make like the and I think it, primarily of the happy face on the moon, right? Yep. Right, because there you're you're imitating the whole comedian um, uh, badge, and um, and it works on paper. Because we recognize this isn't the moon, this is a drawing of the moon. It is a stylized drawing of the moon. In the movie, when they do it, I heard everybody in the in that theater laugh, <laughs> and it's like, wow, this poignant moment, and everybody's laughing. It's like, yeah, did not land, did not land. Whereas the HBO series takes the theme of the movie mm-hmm. or, or the theme of the story and plays it in a different way in a, in an entirely different way where it takes place in that world, but it, it is the spirit of it, not at all the letter of it. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen that yet. I'd, I'd like to, but when you it's, it's do hard. the shot for yeah. shot, yeah. then all it turns into is a mental checklist. And so then all you notice are the giant gaping. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. I, I where, like that. That's it. Where, yeah. where, where, where they've, they've, they've omitted entire storylines from the, the novel. And, mm-hmm. and by the time you're done watching that movie, you're just like, well, where was a B and C? Cause that was just, that, that, that should have been part yeah. of this. That yeah. was part of the, you had to make some cuts. We get that, but yeah, and and so so the the thing and when when we talk shot for shot, you cannot say shot for shot without going back to Gus Van Zant's uh, shot for shot of um, Psycho of Psycho. Yes, right, absolutely. Same thing I was thinking. Why should so the, why would why wouldn't it work? We're doing everything that, that Hitchcock did, and it's like no, you're not, well, because what you're doing is you're saying that guy made decisions. He made artistic decisions in making that movie. You're not making those decisions. You're just saying, what did he do? Let's do that. Well, and at that point, then why am I bothering? Why don't exactly. I watch the original, which is better? And so once you've made a shot-for-shot remake of the graphic novel, why aren't I just reading the damn graphic novel? And that's exactly it. it you know, and, yeah. and I think that that's that, – you know, and that was my big problem with that version of Psycho was the the – you know when the difference was is that that uh, that Hitchcock started with that script and he made some artistic decisions as to how to film it, and um, and so all you're doing is you know and I mean even like um, we've talked about the the live television versions of uh, of the sitcoms right like the uh, mm-hmm. where they take that original thing and they're doing that original script 
But first, now, admittedly, they chose scripts that really spoke to the present time as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and 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 they did them, you know, in a with some different, um, you know, there were different connotations to it, right? Uh, where 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 it's like, yeah, we're 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 actually choosing things, so they're making artistic decisions based on that on that writing. When you do shot for shot, you're you're not making decisions. You're just basically saying, well, let's just look, here here's what it is. And uh, and that and that's never a good thing, you know. The comics aren't. It, it, it's that idea that, that they they often go with. You know, oh well, a comic book. Like we've we've basically got the storyboard for it. And yes. Any storyboard artist will tell you, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> comic books are not storyboards. There's there are different considerations made in storyboarding, and there are different considerations made in pacing out and breaking down a story. In, in a comic book and uh and you know both involve very different skill sets and um and you know you get a guy like gabriel hardman who is who has done both where he's done a lot of great comic book work and uh and and he's the guy who did that one scene of, of superman returns that we still talk about not the crazy stalker scene um the 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 plane save scene yep. and um you know and he's done stuff like that and uh and and he's the first to say when he does his comic book work, he uses a completely different set of his skills, uh, of artistic skills in, in doing that. And so the problem is, is that they're taking, you know, sequential art and, um, and saying, well, there's my storyboard. And they're missing a lot of the in-between-the-panels stuff. And, yeah. uh, and you know, there, there is a, a language to that, that that gets missed. Yeah. God help us. Maybe one day we'll we'll get through a uh, an episode without me ranting about adaptations. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, it's the the topic of uh, it's, it's certainly the subject of this topic because it's dude, it's everything. It yeah. is it is Ready Player Two. Um, I'd be curious to see where that goes. I don't know what they have next to tell with the story. Apparently. Um, he says it, it begins ten minutes after the last book ends, yeah. and then there's a then there's a time jump. I have two words to say to you, or three What's words. That? Okay, five words. Jurassic Park, The Lost World. <laughs> right, because the yep. book was um, now the, he actually wrote the book. Um, it was more of a sequel to the movie. Um, yeah. You know, when 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 Crichton wrote uh, wrote Jurassic Park: The Lost World in 1996, I guess, and then they did the adaptation of it for the second Jurassic Park movie. Um, he this was not his plan, uh, but they did the movie, and uh, and it it made mad coin, and um, and so uh, so he leaned into it. It's like they're like, we need a sequel, and he said, I can write you one. And mm-hmm. um, and so he did, and so they did, and so um, so that uh, and you know, it was not great. Nor, yeah, neither, those neither movies the, were really neither strange the book, because neither the book nor the movie. Yeah, those were really strange because the books and the movies all borrowed from one another, out of order from one another. Yes, very so much. you got you got scenes from the first one and the second one. You you had, you know trying to keep track of who's dead, who's alive. Oh yeah. It was a real, real grab bag. (laughs) 
yeah. So I mean, I mean, it was, but it was, it was definitely sort of a, um, uh, you know, oh yeah, this is, you know, it was the the we did the second one first, and the first one, yeah. Uh, but it, you know, there was definitely a um, a, a, a cash in uh, kind yeah. of because uh, I think the scene with the the little dinosaurs that chase the guy through the valley and eventually kill him. I think it's, yeah. Isn't that how Vince Vaughn dies in the second one? I'll be honest with you. It has been 23 years yeah, since oh, I've I'm seen the second one. I'm blanking on this too. Somebody dies. No, not yeah. Vince Vaughn. They won't kill him that early. Yeah. Somebody dies in the second one running through a little river valley being chased by little dinosaurs and it's just that there's too many of them and they're chasing them too far and yes. uh, they eventually are able to take them down. And I think that's actually how... Um, the guy who created the island in the first one died in the book in the first one. So you get the the death scene of one character in the yes. first movie and the first book used as the death scene of a different character in the movie. It's because they chose not <laughs> to kill him one. in the first one, you know, and it, it's a perfect yeah. example. <laughs> Actually, you know, Jurassic Park may be the perfect um, corollary for this because it was also Spielberg, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so so I, I I gotta say I have a jaundiced eye toward the the um, oh it's gonna be based on the book, uh, but you know because we did the movie and so you know so uh, the difference is Ernest Klein is saying I'm writing a sequel to the book. Yeah, and that yeah at least at I'm, least I'm we know that'll be that yeah because I, I I did prefer the book to the movie I think that yeah. Same. Movie has some nice visuals that help you picture the book, but I think yeah. the book is a better story. Yeah. No. My my yeah. my delight was I, I after I read the book I um and and uh, I uh, actually then it was like oh Will Will Wheaton uh, narrated the audio book <laughs> oh I'm in oh um, I didn't know and that it's it's quite enjoyable uh, oh, he nice. does he does a great job of it so <sighs> all That's right fun. I, get, I suppose I should actually do some work here. <laughs> what do you got? All right. So um, Apple TV Plus has announced their star-studded after-party show. What um, is that? Basically, it is a show where there is um, a high school reunion, and um, it, 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 it sounds like a Columbo episode. Um where you know something goes wrong and there is someone investigating what goes on and we see everybody's story but framed through their own unique personalities. Oh, I like that. So, um in the cast, Tiffany Haddish, Dave Franco, Ilana Glazer, Ben Schwartz, uh Sam Richardson from Veep and Ike Barinholtz. Um, Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but but it, here's why I really loving it. It is an eight episode murder mystery themed comedy series from Last Man on Earth executive producers Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Wow, there's nothing about that sentence I don't like. Uh, totally, I'm I'm I am so in. Um, That's great. Yeah. Um, so uh um tiffany haddish actually plays the detective that is investigating whatever happened i don't think wow. it gets revealed right away um but you've got each character and so what they do is each character's flashback to it 
Um, so Haddish presides over the crime scene as Detective Danner, the eccentric detective assigned to solve the high-profile case. Um, the remaining seven cast members will play the former high school uh, classmates. And so what, the, what their plan is that each of the eight episodes feature a retelling of the same high school reunion after party from a different character's perspective, each with, it, with its own unique visual format and film genre to match the teller's personality. Oh, that's great. It's. It, I love the the experimental nature of it. Yeah. Um, you, you know. When's it I, coming out? Um. Uh, let's see. Twenty twenty. Uh, no, I. I don't know. It, it doesn't say. It, but they've. Well, I just want to make sure this wasn't something coming up in like two weeks, and I was going to miss it. It is so not. Um, okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> buys me some time at least i don't think so um anyway they've been making a lot of um a lot of uh of, of big announcements uh what the one of their other ones is a um um john stewart is going to host uh a show that is basically an in-depth look at current affairs really um, yeah um it, wow. it, and it's uh, it, i think it's going to air every day and it's going to be called the day oh no wait um <laughs> No, it's an un it's untitled as yet, an hour long series uh, that has been already been picked up for multiple seasons, mm. and that's kind of my next uh, thing on well, this. Wouldn't you if that crossed your desk oh, and you were programming yes. a network? You'd be an idiot not to. Hundred percent. I miss that guy. Seriously. Anytime I, that guy shows up in anywhere, like a sketch, yeah. there was a thing with uh, Samantha B last week where it was you know we did it and she was running around show to show yelling yeah. we win kind of yeah. thing. And in the middle of it, there was a scene where um, she sees John Stewart on the street, and they high five each other, and he pretends like he pulled something, jumping up in the air and high fiving her. Nice. And he hobbles off at the end of the sequence, and in a montage of multiple people being excited and and cheering and celebrating in some way with her, the scene where he comes out and they high five got the biggest reaction from the audience. Of course, it did. And the biggest reaction from me, and yeah. I, I love that he is still so loved. And absolutely, um, uh, you know what he is. There was oh god, what was it? Um, something I watched recently, and a friend and I were talking about this. Is just the his perspective is so missed. It was around the time that he was doing all the press for his. Um, his um what was it steve carell and oh yeah rose Byrne. i can't remember the name of it but uh, yeah i haven't seen that yet but nor, I know nor have i but i i will eventually um because it'll be free eventually um <laughs> sooner or later it'll show up i love the dude but you know that the free stuff's good um or or rather stuff for which i am already paying is good yes um, that's the way to put it yeah as i as i was discussing with uh with ella she was like isn't it great that that movie was free and it's like yeah but that movie was on amazon prime so you know i pay uh you know x amount for my prime membership every year and uh oh well what about on netflix it's like yeah we pay about uh you know we pay about 150 bucks a year on netflix so mm -hmm. you know this shit costs us um so yeah so it's not like i'm not willing to pay for it i'm just not willing to pay more for it is all i'm saying but, absolutely but yeah i i think his his voice is definitely missed and um 
And anyway, yeah. so he had back, basically originally he was he had a deal with HBO to produce his. Uh, I, I, I'm going to get to a point eventually, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> It's okay. You're circling the airfield. I know you'll land eventually. Yeah, yeah. But but so so what I'm saying is, um, you know, basically now that um, we we talked a bit about streaming services when uh, when Quibi bit the dust. Um, but th- this idea of um, you know like so we're we're in the midst of a of a year free of of uh, of Apple TV Plus. Uh, because uh, Jan got a new phone, and uh, I mean, I was happy to pay for it before, but but you know, we, we, so we've got a free year, and basically, I'm timing it so that I will be upgrading a phone when uh, the next one goes. And hey, I got a kid; she can get us another free year. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it is her time to uh, to re up. So, um, you know, I look at it as uh, a, a, as a, as a sunk cost, as they say. Um, but, you know, do we think we're going to see more and more of the, you know, more viable options as, as original programming on streaming platforms than on network? Yeah, that's tough. Right. Cause you got like a, like Ted Lasso in this same news thing. Uh, Ted Lasso has already been renewed for a third season. Oh, that's great. It's fantastic, right? It's the oh, best. <laughs> we are loving that show. We're just, we're piecing away. We, It's going to end suddenly on us because we don't know how many episodes there are. Yeah. And we're just, we don't know where we are. We, we, we just came off one of the, the, the big road game where they played that other team. And they're all at the hotel. In, yeah. I think they're in Liverpool. Yes, that's, they are. That's yes. where we are right now. So we, I don't know how many episodes are left. I don't want to know. I'm just enjoying it while it lasts. I won't tell you that, but that is that was a great that that, that oh. was a great episode, and the one that follows it is also awesome. Mm-hmm. As is the one that follows that, and the one that follows that. Um, I, I I I mean, we don't need to turn this into the Jason Sudeikis Admiration Society, no. but that guy is fantastic. But why and the just hell watching not? Because how this goes. because that is kind of the point, right? Is they yeah. are taking the they're taking the big names, they're taking the John Stewarts, they're taking the mm-hmm. the Jennifer Anistons, the Reese Witherspoons, the uh, Jason Momoas, and all of these things. Um, they seem to be landing a a lot of huge names. Yeah. Um. And and that's great. And, and I think that they are maybe third, the third of the you know because you got kind of Netflix, then Disney Plus, then um, um, then um, uh, Apple. Apple TV. Um. So is this you know in this kind of looking at this sort of hierarchy, um. Is it because they're basically like, yeah, do your original show. We'll we'll put you on for a while. Whereas Netflix lately, yes, you get the you get the spread, but um, the the record seems to be about you know the the general consensus seems to be they're like three seasons. We're good. We're good. We can uh, we can make three seasons fly for a, for yeah. a good long while. We don't need to we don't need to pay for more. Um, and Disney Plus. Um, more to the, more leaning toward the movies. I, I I'm sure there are. I know that there are some TV series, but 
maybe we're not the target for those, or nor are we the target for much. But yeah. yeah, like they seem to be leaning more towards the movie side of things than the series side of things. Although there's a lot of you know old TV series on there. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, and I think it's interesting the difference between streaming and network is that network television series they're the series are slave to their networks who are slave to their advertisers yeah. who we're not going to watch when we're watching the episodes that we like and they get lost in that cycle whereas a streaming service can be we have a name and they have an interest in a project and we're going to let them do that and yeah. you know you get jason sudeikis moves to england and coaches a football team okay you read that on paper you're like all right i hope everybody likes sudeikis and then you see the episode and you're like well this is bloody genius so yeah, how much of it, it is how much of the first season success was that uh people left it the hell alone long enough for it to do what it was going to do well and to be fair there was already proof of concept because it started from a series of um is it based on something? Yeah, well, yeah, but it's based on what it is. Um, uh, Sudeikis and um, Coach Beard. Coach Beard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the two of them um, uh, basically like this all stemmed from like when uh, you know Seth Meyers always talks about when he went to uh, Amsterdam with the uh, with the comedy troupe from Chicago. Um, yep. and, and Brendan, what's his name, who is Coach Beard, uh, was one of the guys who went with him. And, and because at the time, you know, the, the Internet wasn't such that you could stream sports events, they basically started following, uh, following proper football. And um, <laughs> as my father would say. Um, and so that's what they started watching. And so they really got into it. And, uh, and Coach Beard really got into it. And so he had talked about this with, with Sudeikis. And what happened was, he, was um, uh, NBC Sports, they got the rights to the English Premier League. Uh, for they, they, they had the U.S. broadcast rights for it. And so their thing was like, well, we need to promote it. So what do we do? Well, we get someone from the family to come in and do something with it. And so they, they had reached out to Sudeikis, and he reached out to, uh, to um, Coach Beard. And it was like, okay, come up with something. So they came up with this guy named Ted Lasso. Um, and, uh, and basically had the, set, the premise of it. And there's, you can find these on YouTube. Um, and in fact, there's a lot like that, fir that first press conference um, when he when he shows up and they're like, all right, and you go for the press conference. A lot of it is there, and um, and so it is based on something, but it's based on something that those guys created, and uh, and then they basically brought uh, Bill Lawrence in. So thank you, and uh, and said, how yeah, do we make right. this? A how do we make this a series? And uh, but they had a couple of different, uh, and so they ran these as promos for the Premier League on NBC on NBC Sports, right, basically, and said, like, yeah, so, so we run this thing, and people are like, oh, we like him, and he says this is good. So, and, and he kind of spoke to the differences between, um, you know, like the whole, uh, you know, win or lose, or tie, right, you guys have ties here. <laughs> that made me laugh. That's <laughs> great. And uh, and so so yeah, you should find those because they're fun to they're fun to watch. But wait until you've seen the whole season. Um, 
and uh, and and so so that's what it was based on. And so they were like, yeah, you know, this shit's really funny. Like, like this could be a series, and uh, and so they did that. And 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 honestly, it it has been just an an utter delight. Uh, and and you know, Jan and I can't wait for the next season and and to hear today that there was there is a third season already planned victory well, that's great i was just happy to know there was a second so yeah yeah so um now whenever they're <laughs> able to film such things will be great and well, that was the other thing is bill lawrence was like yes and there will there will be no COVID talk in this. This is not an episode where uh, a show where we're gonna have, uh, you know, Ted and Coach the Beard COVID putting section. up uh, putting up um, uh, cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. People, <laughs> people need escapism, and we're here to do it. And that is what <clears throat> That's good. that is what Ted Lasso is. So I, I gotta say, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of the. Um, of of the uh, the Apple TV uh, things, you know, I watched the morning show and it was okay. Um, I have not watched that. Sarah watched it and liked it. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's yeah. Uh, it, it, you know what? I, I think uh, you know before before we started recording, we were talking about a lot of the issues with a, a show like Studio Sixty, which we both love, but recognize there are many many problematic oh, things with it yeah it doesn't play back as well now as it did then <laughs> right and and um <laughs> maybe stop harassing your boss to date you buddy <laughs> yeah yeah and whereas um <clears throat> uh the morning show addresses a lot of that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and um and maybe maybe part of it is is i was i wasn't expecting it to get as serious as it did um, and it, it um, and and so it, it's the, the performances in it are fantastic. There's there's no doubt about that. But they didn't make me like Jennifer Aniston a lot, and I've got a big problem with that. Uh, <laughs> That's just speaking me. of Sudeikis and Aniston. I rewatched We're the Millers last week. Oh, great! That is still just a fun. Silly comedy. <laughs> I, I think I've maybe got to run that one by Jam because she's on a on a Sudeikis uh, uh, high right now. So. Oh, so much fun! Yeah, and I would really like to know more about the kid who plays the son and find other movies that he's done because that kid was weird and funny, and I'd like to see him in something else. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Right? Isn't weird and funny is my bread and butter. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. Same, same. How do you think I was as popular as I was through college? There you go. There you go. Um, all right. So last thing I have. Oh. Is um. United States of Al. So this is a military vet comedy coming from. I'll give you a hint. It's at CBS. It. It isn't CBS? No, it is at CBS. So who's the creator? Oh, is it the Kings? No. Or no, is it a comedy? Yeah. Oh, so are we over on uh, Lori? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. So so just this, I, you know, this, uh, this idea, um, the auteur theory, um, as it moves to entire networks, you know, we had, of course, uh, Shondaland, literally, um, where basically 
she uh, had an entire night at. Uh, it still does. I was I guess. So Shonda Rhimes was at ABC Lockdown. Dick Wolf had a big chunk of NBC. Yeah. And um, apparently. Um, Where's uh, the Chicago stuff? CBS. Is that NBC? Where's who? The Chicago stuff. That's oh no, the Chicago stuff is still at NBC. It is um, the FBI empire that he's starting to build over at CBS. Um, FBI, CBS. I thought it was NBC. No, no, you're right. That no. was CBS. Was all excited to pick up. It was a big steal from deal. NBC yeah, to steal yeah. him. Um, right. Especially considering that he owns an entire night of programming over there. Um, but, yeah. but when you, when you think about this, okay, so, and, and, you know, in his case, it was Wednesdays and Shonda owned ABC for Thursdays and still mostly does, um, even though she's been gone technically for a while because she's got her, her Netflix deal. Um, and I'm sure we'll be doing stuff there eventually. Um, so you've got un- this United States of Al, which is, um, Basically created by a couple of um, writers from Big Bang Theory, uh, David Gatch and, and Maria Ferrari, and it focuses on the relationship between uh, the friendship between Riley, played by Parker Young from Enlisted, a Marine combat veteran struggling to readjust to c- civilian life in Ohio, and Awalmir, aka Al, played by Rules of Engagement's Adir Kalyan, um, you know Timmy. Remember Timmy? Timmy? Rules of Engagement? Um, he also... Ha- there was another show... Oh, that- oh yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yep. And he, he was on. He was also on... Um, he was on Whitney. Oh, God, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, well, see, I was remembering there was a show that was kind of a... Um, where he was an Indian kid who was living with... Or was the friend of... I can't remember exactly, but... Uh, um, if only there were a thing that one could look up such things. Uh, but it was a short-lived sitcom, a short-lived single-cam sitcom where he was like the immigrant kid, and um, and uh, that was kind of his first thing. And it was so funny because it was like, wow, he grew up quick when he became Timmy. Um, um, and it was called uh, the, um, the something or other. Um, where you know, with the stuff and the things, um, <laughs> you're selling it now. I'm gonna aliens gonna in America, IMDb. aliens in America in 2007, where he played Raja, a devout Pakistani Muslim exchange student in Medora, Wisconsin. Hmm. And, um, so, so basically, he plays, um, he, he is the interpreter who served with, uh, with Riley's unit in Afghanistan and has just arrived to start a new life in America. And um, so, you know, the, the idea of dealing with, like, P- uh, PTSD and that kind of stuff and the combat, you know, that's, that's very on brand for a Lori show. Um, you know, as we saw in, um, you know, as we've seen very much in Mom. And, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, so anyway, it just seems that, that he is building uh, quite an empire for himself, which, hey, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so 
Dan Bird, um, who would would um, later play um, um, Monica's son, not Monica, but you know, uh, on Cougar Town. Um, oh, yes. He yep. was the kid. He was the kid in the family. Like he was basically um, Raja's friend in that. Uh, Amy Peets from uh, Carolyn in the City was uh, was the mom, and um, Luke from um, Luke from uh, from Stars Hollow. You know, uh, Gilmore Girls uh, mm-hmm. was the father. And okay. uh, so you know, it's like this this kid who's you know different um, comes uh, to live with them for this exchange program, and that was him. And then the next thing I saw him on was was his Timmy, where it's like, oh, oh, okay, so he's a grown up now. Okay, I see how it is. Um, and so now he's in this. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm in for this because uh, one avoids a, a Chuck Lorre song, uh, a Chuck Lorre show at their own peril. I find. <laughs> And, uh, and and I find most of them are shows that I end up watching, you know, within within a day. Whereas yeah. other shows I'll let build up, but a Chuck Lorre show, no, I keep up on those. And uh, and you know, and and be I, and I see Be Positive being one of them. And uh, um, you know, certainly Bob Hart's Abishola, which I was not much interested in initially. It's it's a show that I watched like oh oh there was a new Bob a new Bob last night I'm in gotta watch it so anyway so that's that yeah and um, so all right so there we go staring with my dog right now <laughs> yes yes no worries no I worries. imagine you've heard him contributing to the background here <laughs> all right sir time for your pop of the week. My pop of the week, um, uh, mentioned slightly earlier, we were talking about The Walking Dead. I am currently uh, watching and enjoying Fear the Walking Dead. Um, it was kind of thrown out there as the uh, the unloved stepchild for the longest time. And uh, they are entering a season, um, they're only three or four episodes in at this point, and it's a really... It's doing really well. Um, I'm really enjoying it. There's, it's an interesting show because they seem to have gathered up a bunch of comedic actors and thrown them into a drama. Yeah, yeah. You've got uh, uh, what is it, Garrett Dillonhunt um, yeah. from uh, Raising Hope. You've got yes. Mo Collins, who used to be on uh, Mad TV. Um, she played like Stewart's mom and the yes. uh, the the garage sale lady heard a great podcast with her years ago she's a really interesting lady and uh um she's 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 landed on this show which was unexpected and then you've got jenna elfman uh from Dharma and greg fame mm-hmm. and so jenna elfman and garrett have connected on the show their characters are together which is hilarious because you're watching you know the grandpa from raising hope and dharma from Dharma and greg <laughs> in love carrying the romantic heart storyline of the uh of, of a zombie apocalypse show which is just bizarre um show's doing really great things they are uh the, the season started with the core group having been kind of split up as they were brought into um very much a governor type storyline from the mm-hmm. original series only in this case instead of flat out resisting um they've been 
brought in and, and separated and sent out to different um, villages and encampments that this this organization uh, has. And uh, some of them are now starting to reconnect and we're starting to get a little uh, closer to, uh, uh, you know, you, you can feel the reunion of the gang coming. Um, but they're doing neat one-off, two-off episodes right now where you get to see how someone is surviving or what they've been doing. Yeah. And uh, uh, as a result, you're getting some different genres. And the last episode involved the uh, uh, Garrett's character, John, who was a cop before this all started. Oh, right, yeah. And so you've basically got, you know, the Walking Dead Law and Order. And in the middle of his duties in this, I said duties, everybody drink, uh, in this town, he, uh, um, there's this murder that um, is presented as an accident or as a, you know, a, a suicide or a drunken accident. And he is investigating it on his own as a, as a murder. Um, and it's, it's just neat to watch it play out. It's, you know, the only thing that's missing are the dun duns <laughs> as it moves <laughs> through the app. And it's, uh, um, it's, it's been really good. Uh, I, I think that this is a season that is going to eventually be held up in the same light as a, you know, a, a governor season or a Negan season from the original series. Hmm. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, they're doing quite well, well right now. I think um, the original series I'm struggling a little with. They just seem a little off. Yeah. There's a, a new one that's uh, World Beyond or whatever the hell it's called, where it's yeah. uh, it's an interesting idea where you've got the you know the, the kids who have grown up kind of knowing this world where you know they they were young. Yeah. And, uh, you know, under 10 when it happened. And so as they develop in this world, um, this is the only world they've known to a certain degree where they have very few memories of the, the pre-world. But, uh, you know, it's, it's this breakfast club meets zombies that they've laid out where, you know, these <laughs> oh these my. kids shouldn't have survived the first episode and they're still kind of floundering away. But uh they all should have been meals by the end of the third ep. And I'm still struggling to get into that one. I'm I'm watching it because it's my nature as a comic book yeah. guy. I gotta yeah. gotta see them all, gotta collect them all. <laughs> and right i mean like it's, sure. it's in our dna <laughs> yeah, like yeah. We, we will watch a show for seven seasons just so we say we saw them all despite the fact that we stopped enjoying it after season two it, it's it's who we are and uh this one it's just not it's not there yet it has moments but mm -hmm. it, it always i don't know how it escapes the the that feeling of this shouldn't work. These kids should be dead. <laughs> well, that's and fair. I, I mean, you know, can't, can't quite get there yet. Uh, so anyway, long story short, uh, fear the walking dead. Um, it's been around for a while. It was kind of the ignored other show. Um, it's been interesting to watch it go through many incarnations, but the How last few years has been great. I feel like this is six. Oh my God. 
maybe five. Uh, let me do a quick search. Um, 85 episodes. We are currently in the Where Did It Go episode guide. We are currently in season six. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm digging it. Nice. Well, so that that's, awesome. that's mine is if you've, you've got a chance to get at it, uh, the last couple of seasons have been really great. The first few seasons were far different than what they've given us recently. Um, hmm. Really when Morgan came over to the show, it, I think it really found its focus in its direction. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But it, it's done some interesting things. They, they had a, then an entire season, I think it was season three, where they, the people who survived the first couple of seasons found this community, and it was a community of people who um, had this this farmstead kind of thing set up, um, and it was a whole season that focused on the relationship between these 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 folks who had this land and the indigenous people whose land it was originally. Yeah. And thanks to the zombie apocalypse, both groups were basically the same size and number. And so different groups had different resources and what happens from there and how much can you trust either side and can you work together long yeah. enough to survive or do you eventually fall to everything that, predates what's going on it it was really interesting to see play out for a year in a science fiction world um it, it's i've appreciated what they've been doing I, I think that they don't carry while they they live in the same universe they don't carry the burden of the the flagship show uh, yeah and that's what i wonder and i and i i, I did drop out around the at uh, the beginning of the second season and it was yeah, just the, i missed most of the second season yeah, I I think it, that that's around when I was, uh, you know, I I decided to cut ties with the original uh, series, and I appreciate that they were doing something different, and I mm -hmm. really liked who they had on it. I just was like, I think I'm done with all the all of this for a little while because you know, the 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 world is already um, zombied <laughs> enough. And, yeah. um, and so I, you know, I was going on, um, a deliberate bleak diet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it sounds much more interesting to me because it, like you say, it doesn't carry the baggage. It does. I don't have to worry about the, are they doing the same thing? Are they doing something different? Are they doing the, something different, but then ending up at the same thing? Or, and yeah. uh, and this idea that that it is completely unrelated to that, and it, it, it you know, is is more intriguing. I don't think I'm there yet, but it it it, you know, it's one of those things like it, you know, and and, and fortunately we live in a world where it's like, I don't have to decide now. <laughs> It'll be there for me when I'm when I'm ready to uh, to do that. And uh, yeah, hey, hey yeah, who knows? Know. Next February, I may be like, yeah, I, I'm into that. <laughs> yep. When whenever you're uh, ready to come around and give it a go, they've done yeah. some really interesting things through the last nice. few seasons. That and awesome. um, while there's an initial speed bump for those first couple years, uh, it's it's well worth it long term. And I'd. I'd argue that to a certain degree, I think they're doing a little better than the the 
quote-unquote main show is doing. Um, they seem, the main show seems a little off their game uh, post-Rick, so. And that's a tough thing, right? Like, this is, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's it's like The Office losing, losing Michael Scott, only, yes. you know, more seriously. Um, you know, that yep. that is a tough loss for the show because he was literally the center of it for so long. And yeah. uh, and it is really hard to then, you know, say, okay, so we've lost number one on the call sheet, and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the tendency tends to be, it's like, let's cast a whole lot more people to make up for it. And uh, that's what they did in the office, and it seemed to be where they were headed there. Um, you know, it's like now all of a sudden we need more characters to fill the spotlight. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a tough thing. I, I didn't not like what The Walking Dead became. That there's a point at which that show moved from "Oh my God, how do we survive this?" to "Oh my God, we can survive this. What do we do now?" I'm, and, I'm sorry. I just need to parse for a second. I didn't not. Okay. All right. I'm there. All right. I just had to go back and and and, and trace the 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 triple negative. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Where I mean, the... it was awesome. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like to complicate your life <laughs> unnecessarily while doing it grammatically. Um, just the the, um, the the idea that initially it was it's the end of the world. How do we see tomorrow? And then it moves into we're going to see tomorrow. And we need to prepare for next tomorrow and next week. What do we do? And it shifts into a settler frontier type show where instead of a bear coming out of the woods, it's a zombie, but, and you know, as long as you're armed, you know how to deal with them. So now you're just trying to, uh, you know, build a settlement in a new world. And it became very pioneery very quickly. And, uh, one of the seasons opened with them raiding a museum to pull, um, old plows and, um, uh, wagons and stuff out of uh, display cases because yeah. they were going to need them for what they were doing. And I thought that was a really neat idea that it just sort of reverts it in a, in a way it kind of goes fireflyish, which is uh, everything becomes firefly eventually where, you know, <laughs> despite does. the fact that it's this, uh, this science fantasy world, eventually you're dropping people on a world with some cattle and some, bags of seed and wishing them the best. And that's kind of what this show's become is, um, you know, you, you hit the point where, uh, I liked that the show evolved beyond just the thing that jumps out of the closet to, okay, I think I got a shot at figuring that out, but who's this other person I've now met who survived the last seven years as well as I have. And what's their story and how did they survive this long? And it's, yeah you hit a point where it's not the zombies that are the threat. It's the humans that have survived this long that are the threat because what have they done to, to last to this point and, and how much can I trust them? And mm. I liked the fact that the show wasn't afraid to evolve. Yeah. Um, I'm still, again, comes back to our earlier conversation about, you know, book versus yeah. or TV show. Uh, the book's ended. I haven't read to the end of the book yet. I'm still working my way through that series. And it feels like um, now with the announcement that the main series is, is ending, that there's 
there is certainly um, an opportunity to kind of compare the two yeah, as yeah. they wrap up. But I love the fact that they're just going to continue to explore this universe. Oh, other sure. characters, yeah. other stories, other things. It it comes back to the the Mandalorian type thing where, you know, um, hey, you've created an entire universe. How about we follow anybody whose last name is a Skywalker for five minutes so that we can see what else is out there? And that's hundred percent. The Mandalorian has has been the biggest boost of that because yeah. it's like this is the world. Let's just play in it. Like, it's a big sandbox. Find a different it is, corner. It is the first thing that has interested me about Star Wars since 1983. <laughs> since the promise of the prequels that made you go, meh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. They, you know what? They, 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 they kind of canceled out. Um, but, uh, but no. But I we think... were excited when they came out. So I was excited when the when the first one was announced. Less yeah. ex, less excited after I saw it, and less excited about each um, yes. subsequent. Yeah. And but I I just mean that that it, as far as excitement moments go, we were all excited for the promise of the prequel. And and initially, yeah, yeah. yeah. When we saw fanboys, <laughs> we like, yeah, that that, that yep. the fan, fanboys was in, was in, incredibly prescient. Um, yeah. And then when it gets to the end, and there, as it's about to start, hey, what if this sucks? Yeah, what if? <laughs> oh, don't ask that question. Just enjoy the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so, um, yeah, and and I think that 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 you know, the Mandalorian offers a different perspective, and yeah. and that's that you know, it is the different perspective, not only in that it is following different characters but also that it just offers a, a different viewpoint on the universe and yep. you know there is that sort of um um uh, you know uh, clint, e clint eastwood-esque um you know man with no name uh oh very much so yeah and 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 i mean they, they, and they made a space western the, totally and i mean yeah. the first episode of this season really leaned deep into it um mm -hmm. and um yeah no, borrowing I, people from other westerns to really hammer it yes home. totally yeah. totally and yeah. and and so yeah loving that and uh and you're right it, it yeah it, it it kind of leads into the uh you know it is the thing that you know it is it is something that that um you know we're like Mm, there's a second uh, the, the second episode's already out and the third one will be out this Friday and and we're like we're sending the kids out for a sleepover on Saturday it's Mandalorian time <laughs> yeah, we have we're both uh, nerds. We, we've only done the first one as well yeah so so we're gonna watch them this weekend and um, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the series you know it, it does kind of it is somewhat as as we like to say deliberately paced at times um but yeah but still very enjoyable yeah but i mean even in those moments it's still it's still good it's still some of the best stuff that's come out of that universe in a long time exactly yeah you yeah know? no thoroughly enjoying that and uh um yeah yeah who, who knew that favreau had it in him uh, it's it's lovely it's <clears throat> looking forward to uh the assorted guests who are yet to appear we're mm -hmm. only we're only the one episode in but hearing good things about the rest of the run and ready to to trust it and see where it goes absolutely yeah 
Uh, hey, sir, what's your pop of the week my now that I've killed another week. like 30 minutes with my, my Mine might be a bit briefer, but probably not. Um, all right, so well, mine... We are both rather verbose. It's true, it's true. Graham is... just went to look up verbose, so we'll let him, we'll wait a there moment. There you go, there you go. Uh, Welcome sorry, back, Graham. What, what do you got? I, I, I already cracked open the last can, so I... Oh, no. All right, so anyway, um, mine is the 20th studio album uh, from Bruce Springsteen. It is Letter to You. It is his first um, new uh, studio album with the E Street Band uh, in in six years. And wow. um, I, over the summer, uh, whilst camping, uh, spent some time reading his uh, autobiography from a couple of years ago uh, titled Born to Run. Which I don't know if you know this is named for a a song of his that was pretty big. Um, what the heck you say? Was yeah. it was it a B side? Uh, maybe maybe. Um, <laughs> it was it, you know I I think it was played as that B side on that last episode of the Daily Show with John Stewart. Um, <laughs> just to you know bring some shit together here, because uh, that's 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 what I do. Um, and uh, and so, I um, over over the summer when I was doing a lot of, of uh, I was doing daily live streams for a for a stretch and uh, and and a, an old uh, former colleague of mine um, is is a huge Springsteen fan because you know he lives in New Jersey. Um, actually, technically now he lives in Westchester County, but you know he is he is Jersey adjacent. And, um, and so, and I first really got to know him, um, when we worked together at a sales meeting, when someone's like, oh, if only someone had a guitar to play here. And I was like, I've got one in my trunk. And, uh, and so this is how we got to know each other. And, uh, and so, uh, at one point I said to him, you know, cause he was, he was always there for these, uh, these live streams. And I said to him, Hey, send me a list of songs you want me to do. And he had a few Springsteen songs, and and one of them was Born to Run. And it's like, I have never played that. I need to learn it. And and I learned it. And and I, I still remember the day that I that I actually was like, Yeah, I've got this together. I'm gonna play this for the live stream tonight. And it was just like, wow, that was so much fun. And uh and it is just it is a, a near perfect song as far as I'm concerned, because it doesn't follow sort of normal song structure it's got to be verse then chorus then this then that and uh you know it it just it kind of just it's a very uh quixotic uh viewpoint of songwriting and uh, so i so much enjoyed playing that and i thought I, i need to read that autobiography so uh so i took it camping with me and um and this album actually kind of ties into that. Coincidentally, in the summer, you know, a few years after it came out, I decide to read it, and and uh, and and he's putting together this album because it talks a, a lot about you know the, at the beginning about his his first band and this guy George Theus that he uh, that that he worked with in in one of his first bands long before he made it anywhere. Um, and this album was actually it. It, it ended a, a, a bout of writer's block that he had uh, when this former bandmate of his died, and uh, oh. and so really he sort of got into these themes of regret, aging, and dying, and and like the autobiography I love, and this is it. it almost ends up like a double ender as far as um, 
uh, popular weeks go because this was many, many, many weeks ago, but we didn't do show a show then. So, um, <laughs> you know, and, said a little hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. And so in all fairness, I was in a bunker wearing a tinfoil hat thinking the world was about to end. <laughs> I so, think, you know. I think you were in your basement. Um, there was a gap. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so so you know, I read this, and and I mean, it was definitely in his own voice. You know, a lot of these things get ghost written, and uh, and there's sure. always someone who's basically like, I'm gonna write down what you say, and then I'm gonna make it work as a book. And in this case, it's just all his own words, and um, and it is like I found myself like making notes where it was just like, wow, that's, that's a fucking beautiful line. And, uh, and I mean, it makes sense. You know, one of the, one of the uh, world's best lyricists, um, imagine in his book, he came up with a really, a bunch of really good lines, right? Um, like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be so surprised. And so, um, so what they did with this was they recorded they didn't he didn't demo any of the songs it was just basically like guys here's what it is let's play it and so it was very in the moment and uh instead of being something where he's made a demo that now everybody feels they have to follow along with because he's the boss literally and um (laughs) and so what they did is basically they booked um what was it they they uh, they they booked uh, five days of recording? To be fair, at his home studio, <laughs> so you know, um, you know it's so they 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 said we're going to do five days of recording. This was uh, last November, back at a time when people could go and do such things. Um, uh, added added tangent. I actually had my first band practice in since March last night and it was fucking oh glorious. wow yeah it was fucking glorious but that was therapeutic yeah let me tell you though when uh, you know because we were singing through masks so let me tell you that uh um were that, you relying more heavily on the music than the vocals well let me well it was less it was more the breathing um you know because I, <laughs> yeah. I i do a lot of the high backing vocals and uh and when you got to pull in a lot of air it's like all of a sudden i felt like it was an episode of dexter um <laughs> Because my mask is just like deep into my mouth. It's like, I'm either going to swallow this mask or I'm going to (laughs) suffocate. But you know what? That is the price we have to pay to do it. And I will gladly pay the fuck out of it. Um, So so basically they uh, they um, booked uh, five days to record, but they were finished in four uh, because it was all about. All right, guys, I'm going to show you the song. Here's what it is. Let's play it for a little while and uh, and then record it. And mm-hmm. so everything was 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 very in the moment and uh, and it shows, you know, and it feels and it's funny because I, you know, I, I say it shows and it reminds me of stuff from from Border Run. But he spent months on the song Border Run, and uh, and and it all and it all paid off. But um, it's. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, he he pulled a couple of songs that he wrote back in the uh, or back around his uh, debut album, um, which is appropriate given that it was inspired by George Theus, who was you know still a friend of his at the time. Um, but it was it was very much a live record, and uh, they did minimal over overdubs, a couple of guitar solos, some hand claps, and some backing vocals. But for the most part, everything else 
was 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 played live on the floor and it shows and it's uh it's a great well, sounding great though it's a great sounding energetic album and uh yes. and i gotta feel like it, it, you know and i mean i've seen some interviews with him since and there is a great documentary on apple tv plus bringing shit back around um <laughs> about the recording of it and that's where i learned a lot of this um and just this idea of you know, trying to shake up the the normal way of the of them of of him of him and them doing things, and uh, and so it's like okay, so here's what we're gonna try now, and uh, and I gotta say, like I, I saw you know in in seeing him on this, looking at him on the album cover, which is sitting right in front of me, um, and uh, and seeing him on uh, on on the Daily Show um, when when he did an interview in the in this home studio, which God is stunning um as as one would expect um but but watching this it's like he's 71 years old and he looks younger he looks god he he, i mean i'll I'll be honest he looks younger than he did on the in the freaking uh we are the world video um but (laughs) (laughs) but no like dude is looking good and uh and it was like 71 good lord um it's it's a fantastic album you know don't be judging his age uh because what he's doing is he's putting out some honest rock and roll music and uh and it is uh, uh you know with a you know still just a killer band and it is amazing to just uh um, to 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 hear what they're doing and to to hear how they pull all this stuff together and it's it's great. So, my pop of the week letter to you, Bruce Springsteen. And the that Eastern is band. awesome. That is fantastic. You mentioned uh, the the Born to Run tie-in. Um, yeah. Two thoughts on that. Yeah. Did you see the the Emmys a few years back with Joel McHale and the cast of Glee singing uh, Born to Run as the intro to the episode? I did not because it's the Emmys. Oh, I'm I'm totally I'm posting that to the group tomorrow. I will, I will absolutely I will, take a will take a look at it because you you know me and celebrity reach around theater. Uh, the <laughs> only one I watch is the Oscars. And and this is this is fun. This is a, a, a whole folks of a whole whole host of folks all joining in in a gleeish way, singing "Born to Run" as part of the opening. It was Jimmy Fallon who was hosting. Nice. And yeah. he runs into the, the kids who are uh, the Glee kids that can't go to the Emmys because they can't afford to go because they need money for tickets. But the <laughs> first prize for the, the for a song contest on the local board is the exact amount that they would need to go to the Emmys. So ah, let's do this. Yes. And then as they move through it, they pick up more and more people. And it's it's a big, beautiful, funny, entertaining musical number that kicks off a... It is one uh, of an one, award show. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it is one of the greatest songs ever written by anyone. It is, you know, it is that that idea of him trying to uh, recreate the Phil Spector wall of sound. It is the fact that he just moves away from any, um, you know, from anything anyone says about what you're supposed to do as far as song structure goes. It is a stunning piece of music, and uh, and and you know, says so much. And, uh, you know, when that, you know, I have this memory of that night where I, where I played that. And then it was like, I remember we had like a ton, we had taken down a tree in our backyard and we had a ton of yard waste to put out. 
and I remember taking it all out and just like, I'm going to listen to the whole record in sequence. And it's like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is, this is such a fantastic record. And it is, and it, it, you know, and it's, it, and, and uh, you know, it, Again, you know, you've got one of the, one of these. The, the, you know, you've got this fantastic song, and I mean, th- all of the other ones are really good too. Uh, but uh, it, it, yeah, it was just an incredible uh, listen, and I, and it was just, and it really kind of, you know, sort of because th- when I say that this is the first new Bruce Springsteen album I've bought in, well, ever. I, I because I I tended to lean towards a lot of the oh. The the live uh, his live album that he came out with in '85, the big box set. I bought that, um, and uh, but but most of the other stuff I just I just didn't get at the time, and uh, because you know I, I I I came of age around like the river and uh, and okay Nebraska I maybe bought a few years after it came out, so I didn't buy them new, and this okay. one I was like. I'm buying this the day it comes out, and um, um, but yeah, like like any of the others, I bought you know ten to you know five to ten years after they actually came out, and so this but this was the one where it's like I want to get this now because uh, uh, I'm excited about it, and and you know having just read his autobiography and 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 given that this is such a a love letter to his past as well as as being something new. It, it, uh, it pressed all the buttons. Hmm. Well, I, I also have a version that, uh, I, you know, Matt, my, my buddy, and he and I uh, were in a band together once upon a time and played a yes. cover of Born to Run that was a, a different arrangement. By the time we were done with it, there, we, had a, we had a theory that if we'd written different lyrics, we probably could have gotten away with just calling it a new song yeah 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 because <laughs> we changed it so much so i'll i'll well, force and, that and, link and, on you too and you know the the two two things speaking of of matt i the first time i met him was at an open mic that uh that i used to attend regularly and he played um don't let go from um the weezer green album um oh and, really yeah wow. and, and, uh, and i don't think i've ever heard him do that it was fantastic, and uh, and and it was and just for me, it was like finally someone else who's heard heard this fucking record other than Hashpipe, <laughs> and uh, and so 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 that was an immediate thing. And then the next time I met him was uh, when we were um, uh, playing on on one on one of the shows on the radio station, and and he was miking us up for a thing. And we were just talking about the about sort of the miking technique that he was using, and uh, he was talking about how, how uh, recently they'd had uh, Serena Ryder in the studio, and, uh, and and so we were kind of geeking out over that, and, uh, yeah. and and he was just talking about sort of the what what he did to to uh, to capture that, and and it was it was very cool, so so yeah, I I, I, I want I want to hear that. I, I, ah, I will post both to the Facebook group. Outstanding. All right. Then. That will be uh, entertaining for all, and it'll be interesting to see how much it tests your love of, <laughs> of Born to Run or how much it tests your love for me and Matt, <laughs> given what we do to Born to Run. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait because, I, I, again, as you know, straight-up adaptations, I want to hear something different. So there you go. 
Oh, that's guaranteed. You see, do you see how I tied all that together? Look at that. I love it when you put a bow on things, sir. Kind, kind of pleased with myself for that one. Um, it, it would be better if I hadn't, you know, called it out. But, you know, we'll live. <laughs> anyway, that brings us to the end of another Pop and Crap. The 98th end of Pop and Crap. Woo. And um, so, uh, comments, as always, are welcome at popandcrap at gmail.com. You can uh, head over to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash popandcrap, and leave a comment there. We'd love to hear from you. Um, in addition to that, uh, we are on the Twitters. We are popandcrap. That's spelled P-O-P-N-C-R-A-P. And in addition to those, all of those things, you can head over to our website, popandcrap.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. Scott? And... Until they do a shot-for-shot remake of us, we remain Pop and Crap.